Good morning. I'm Allison Michaels from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 22nd. James is out for the holidays, but I'll be here today with the stories you need to know. In today's news, a new coronavirus mutation believed to have originated in London prompts more travel bans and major disruptions. And Attorney General William Barr said that he saw no basis for the federal government seizing voting machines. But first, the big idea. Republicans brimmed with pride over the $900 billion stimulus package taken up by Congress on Monday, with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell calling it a historic bipartisan rescue package. President-elect Joe Biden, though, saw it differently, calling the deal merely a down payment. The Post's Annie Linsky and Mike DeBonis report that Biden's assessment echoes the view of many Democrats who see the bill as the beginning of a negotiation, not the end. Biden at times has said talks should start as early as January. The notion that more aid is necessary sets up perhaps the first major legislative test for the new president and his self-proclaimed negotiating skills. It's a challenge made greater now that Congress has approved new spending in the areas where common ground was relatively easy to find. There's also an expectation that many Republicans will become more skeptical of big-ticket spending after President Trump leaves the White House. Biden has consistently said that bolstering the economy will be one of his four top priorities, the others being ending the pandemic, addressing climate change, and promoting racial justice. This approach suggests Biden will put a strong emphasis on new spending. He's been vague about what he would like in a new package, but it would probably include aid to cities and funds to prepare for opening public schools. That push, however, will clash with an energized Republican Party eager to reestablish its fiscal conservatism. McConnell has signaled that he recognizes additional negotiations are likely, but said that it would be difficult to finalize another package. Privately, many in Biden's party agree it will be hard to persuade Republicans to reopen the debate after the protracted, often torturous negotiation that led to this last-minute deal just days before Christmas. Biden has been blunt in recent weeks that he considers Congress's current package far from enough to tackle the widespread economic damage caused by the pandemic. For many Republicans, the approximately $900 billion package that came together this week represents the outer limit of what they're willing to accept. Furthermore, there's no obvious deadline to compel action, often a requirement on Capitol Hill. But this bill was forced to the finish line by a looming government shutdown deadline and a pair of Senate runoff elections in Georgia on January 5th. Republican leaders are anxious that the lack of a relief package could have been hurting Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. The clamor of rank-and-file lawmakers faced with returning home for Christmas without a deal in hand also created some pressure. Similar pressures are on the immediate horizon next year. Instead, the impetus for further relief, if any, next year is likely to be driven by the pace of the economic recovery and whether employment and growth rebound in the weeks after Biden takes office. The president-elect has suggested the economy may not rebound immediately, saying that would drive Republicans to the negotiating table. Biden said recently, as things get worse, they're going to find that there's an overwhelming need. One potential deadline comes in mid-March, when 11 weeks of additional jobless benefits provided in the current bill to the long-term unemployed are set to expire. But several Republican senators have signaled that even then, further action is doubtful. One demand, however, could bring Republicans back to the bargaining table, and that's their desire for a sweeping liability shield. 
barring coronavirus-related lawsuits against businesses. GOP leaders in the most recent round of negotiations sought to pair that with a top Democratic priority, which is tens of billions of dollars in direct aid to state and local governments. In the end, both issues were dropped from the talks. Democrats remain dead set against immunizing businesses from lawsuits. Months of talks on the subject sputtered, and it could be difficult for Biden to make headway on it. But the liability issue may be his only chance to force new action, even if Republicans are unlikely to trade it for anywhere near the trillion dollars of additional stimulus Democrats want. When asked if he believes the right number for the next package is in the billions or the trillions, Biden responded, hundreds of billions of dollars. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. The British government scrambled Monday to dampen the impact of travel entry bans from more than 40 countries. Those bans were prompted by fear of a new coronavirus mutation believed to have originated in England. My colleagues William Booth and Rick Nowak report that health officials said they don't believe the mutation is more deadly or vaccine-resistant. But evidence that it spreads much more easily has alarmed governments in Europe and around the world. Scientists advising the British government estimated that the new variant was 50% more transmissible. As a country after country shut their borders to people traveling from Britain, the greatest travel disruption emerged along both sides of the English Channel, after France imposed a far more comprehensive ban than border closures during the first wave of the virus in spring. The short passage from Britain to France across the Channel is one of the most important transport corridors in Europe. On Monday, hundreds of trucks backed up for miles, prompting concern that food and other time-sensitive cargo might end up rotting on the roadside. In a news conference at 10 Downing Street on Monday evening, Prime Minister Boris Johnson played down the impact of border closures, and he batted away questions about the need for a national lockdown. He also emphasized progress on vaccines. More than 500,000 people in Britain have gotten an initial Pfizer-BioNTech shot. Johnson said he understood the fears of other countries about the new virus strain, but was talking to French President Emmanuel Macron about getting the ports moving again. Macron himself is self-isolating after coming down with COVID-19 last week. British scientists advising the government said Monday that this coronavirus mutation first arose in England in September, but it wasn't until December that researchers saw how quickly it began to dominate. Today, 80% of newly diagnosed cases in London were likely caused by the new mutation. The scientists said that in nasal and throat swabs taken from patients, there appeared to be more virus particles present compared to earlier versions. Researchers on Monday also flagged early evidence that children appeared to be more susceptible to the new strain, although they cautioned it did not make the children more likely to have symptoms or become sick. In the interim, scientists said Britain's vaccine rollout should continue as quickly as possible. Number two, outgoing Attorney General William Barr said Monday that he saw no basis for the federal government seizing voting machines. He also said that he did not intend to appoint a special counsel to investigate allegations of voter fraud. These statements broke with President Trump, who's been entertaining increasingly desperate measures to overturn the election. Barr leaves his role as attorney general this week. The Post's Matt Zapotosky reports that at a news conference to announce charges in a decades-old terrorism case, Barr was peppered with questions about whether he would consider steps proposed by allies of the president to advance Trump's claims of massive voter fraud. Barr said that while he was sure there was fraud in this election, he had not seen evidence that it was so systemic or broad-based that it would change the result. He asserted he saw no basis now for seizing machines by the federal government, and he would not name a special counsel to explore the allegations of Trump and his allies. 
Similarly, Barr said he would not name a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, President-elect Joe Biden's son, who revealed earlier this month that he was under investigation for possible tax crimes. Barr said the investigation was being handled responsibly and professionally by regular Justice Department prosecutors, and he hoped that would continue in the next administration. The comments are likely to further erode what is already a significantly damaged relationship between Barr and Trump. But they could also help insulate Barr's successor. That's Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen from any White House pressure. Earlier this month, Barr broke with President Trump on his unfounded allegations of voter fraud. He told the Associated Press that he had not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. Tension already had been simmering between the two men for months because Barr did not release results from Connecticut U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the FBI's probe of Trump's 2016 campaign. Trump thought that might be a political windfall and had wanted Barr to release the results of that investigation on the eve of the election. Barr did not. The president's frustration was compounded when Hunter Biden revealed that he was under federal investigation for possible tax crimes. Barr had apparently kept that probe a relative secret, too. Trump told Fox News recently that Barr should have stepped up and publicized the case, which would have violated Justice Department policy. After a meeting with Trump last week, Barr handed in his resignation, saying he intended to leave this Wednesday. Since then, Trump has intensified his efforts to overturn the results of the election and has seemed to entertain steps that some advisors have warned are baseless and exceed the bounds of his power. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 22nd. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Michaels, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.